0: This is the InFocus Podcast from The Hindu. Hello and welcome to another episode of the InFocus Podcast. I am your host, Dee Sampath. Last month, the union government stopped the sale of rice and wheat from the central pool under the open market sales scheme. This has provoked sharp reactions from state governments led by opposition parties, especially Karnataka and Tamil Nadu, who have accused the centre of, quote-unquote, playing politics and of being anti-poor. These state governments, especially Tamil Nadu, which has a universal public distribution system on PDS, have traditionally taken the OMS's route to procure additional food grains over and above what they get from the centre under the National Food Security Act. Now, the Congress government in Karnataka, for example, which had promised additional 5 kg of food grains under its Anna bhagya scheme, has said that because of the center's refusal to provide food grains under OMSS, it will provide cash transfers equivalent to the price of those grains. So why exactly has the union government put an end to state governments sourcing grains under the OMSS scheme for their food subsidies? Is it to curb inflation as it claims? And is there a case for it to be made available once again for state governments? We explore all these questions in this episode of In Focus. And we have with us Ritika Khera, Professor of Economics at IIT Delhi. Ritika, we appreciate you taking the time out for this podcast. Thank you so much for joining us.
1: Thank you for inviting me. I'm happy to talk about this.
0: All right. So, Ritika, to start with, can you explain what the open market sales OMSS, what is it, how did it come about, and what purpose has it served so far?
1: Okay, so this open market sales scheme, it is one of the functions of the Food Corporation of India. As you know, the Food Corporation of India is in charge of procurement of the grains and other agricultural commodities. Uh, for which the government announces a minimum support price. As it happens, their main activity is in wheat and rice. And the grain that is procured by the Food Corporation of India, uh, they use it for two or three purposes. One, of course, the major use is for running the public distribution system across the country. Uh, the other is also for market. Stabilization, price stabilization functions that the government performs. Uh, What is this? It is that if the market uh, prices are rising, then the government releases grain uh, from these stocks so that uh, they can control market prices uh, through this. The PDS, of course, gives grain to people directly. So I think, um, so what the OMSS does. Uh, is that whenever the government feels that it needs to release grain uh, on the market for uh, controlling prices, then they either sell it directly to the state. So there are two kinds of OMSS. One is to sell directly to the state. And then the other is to sell to private vendors, private traders who are expected then to release it in the market so that the supply in the market is augmented. And the expectation is that prices will come down
0: as a result. Right. So you talked about these two different ways the uh, OMSs operates. Now the government has stopped selling uh, under OMSs to states, and it has justified it by saying that uh, this is necessary to curb inflation. Now, can you explain how this makes economic sense? Because as a layperson, the way I understand it, if you increase supply in this case, supply of food grains to the poor, uh, how would it cause a rise in prices? Should it not be the reverse? Wouldn't the prices come down? So what is this uh, logic?
1: Yeah. So see, there is a way in which OMSS can uh, reduce prices if it is sold on the market, which is that if there is a shortfall of supplies in the market and that is what is causing market prices to increase, then releasing grain in the private market can Uh, reduce prices. But uh, like you said, actually, there is a more direct way of doing it. And in fact, a a guaranteed. it has a greater probability of working if they do it through the public distribution system by increasing the number of people who have access to the public distribution system. Now, if you look at the PDS. Actually, the PDS is a complicated beast right now, right? Because not everyone has a Russian card that would entitle them to the same prices and quantities of the same commodities, right? So there is variation in quantity, there is variation in price, and in fact, there is a state-wise variation even in the uh, commodities that you get from the PDS shop. But let's just focus for now on the wheat and rice aspect, which is what is guaranteed by the National Food Security Act. And under the Act, there are supposed to be priority households and Amtiyodhya households which have access to uh, either free or subsidized, heavily subsidized uh, grain. Okay. Now, if if the FCI or the union government releases to the state and the states use this uh, OMSS to give to newer people, to people who don't have priority ration cards or people who don't have until their ration cards, then actually the OMSS through the state can benefit people and give them lower prices through the state route, the OMSS mm-hmm. state rather than the OMSS private. Mm-hmm. The OMSS private uh, can help people who are outside the PDS if the private trader who buy from the government actually pass on the price, lower prices to uh, retailers in in the market, right? Now, the central government is saying that we will not give it to the states through OMSS because they it will benefit existing ration card holders, right? So there is a distinction between what the state does with the OMSS grain that it gets from the central government. If it tops up the entitlements of existing beneficiaries, then there is some logic in the cent- union government's uh, argument. But if the states are using it to go beyond the NFSA coverage, beyond the priority households and other households, like Many states have done, by the way. If you look at Odisha, Chhattisgarh, Andhra Pradesh, Tamil Nadu, even to some extent Karnataka, by the way, has given access to people uh, to the PDS beyond the National Food Security Act coverage. The only difference between, say, a Karnataka and a Mm -hmm. Tamil Nadu is that in Mm -hmm. Karnataka, the entitlements of these state beneficiaries are lower than what would, of what they would get if they were either priority or until their households, Whereas in Tamil Nadu, it's a universal system. They all have access uh, to similar benefits as the National Food Security Act. So sorry, it's a long answer. Uh, I think the main distinction is whether the states use the OMSS grain to subsidize NFSA beneficiaries or to go beyond the NFSA beneficiaries uh, to subsidize those identified by state governments as eligible but who cannot be accommodated because there is a freeze on the NFSA list.
0: Right, so in either way uh, the the first case scenario where you are giving more uh, food grains to those who are already getting whatever they get under NFSA to the PDS. and The second scenario where you are giving grains to those who are not Covered already in either of these categories, priority households and entitled households, but need it, and you are expanding the food security net. In either case, how does it lead to inflation? In either case,
1: it uh, you know so see if you are uh, squeezing the supply that is going to the private market, which is where the non entitled households are buying the bulk of their grain from, then. The, the prices are likely
0: to rise in the private market, right? Fine, yeah, 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 yeah I get that. So in that say, in that case, then uh, the prices will rise if you're squeezing the supply, as you're saying. But then uh, we, we have read in recent reports that there is hardly any offtake from private traders uh, when FCI try to sell these uh, stocks uh, to them through an e-auction. So clearly, they don't think there is demand for these grains in the private market. So how does that that logic then work?
1: Yeah, no, so I think actually the prior point is that if the union government is genuinely concerned about prices that non-PDS beneficiaries are subjected to, then they should insist that the states buy the OMSS grain and expand the PDS. In fact, this is something that the union government is responsible for. Let me remind you that the NFSA coverage numbers are determined by the census figures. The latest census figures that we have are from the 2011 census. It is the central government's responsibility to conduct the 2021 census, of which there is no discussion at the moment, right? If we were to use the updated census numbers, then automatically about 10 crore more people would be inclu- would have to be added to the PDS, and they would have benefited from this free grain that the PDS is providing. But the center is blocking that uh, revision in the numbers, and the states who have done it in their own uh, from their own resources are now being told that you know the grain that they were buying not at uh, PDS prices not at NFSA prices. But at a much higher prices, even that will not be available to them. So in that sense, the union government is blocking uh, access to cheaper grains, not just in Karnataka or Tamil Nadu, but even very poor states like Jharkhand are suffering because they were also using OMSS grain to provide subsidized grains to green, what are called green ration cards, which were given during COVID. So I think that is the problem, that the center or the union government should be, first of all, they should revise the NFSA list and the numbers to be covered. If they are not willing to do it, then at least they should facilitate the state governments who are doing it. And instead of selling it at OMSS prices, which are upwards of 20 rupees, I've seen different po- uh, numbers, 20 to 35, uh, they should be giving it at actually NFSA prices at three rupees.
0: Right. So, Ritika, coming back to the point you made earlier about this uh, census not being done and, and, and related to that, the NFSA list not being expanded. Now, uh, I'm sorry, I haven't followed this uh, discourse very closely. But what is what is this entire thing we've been hearing about one nation, one ration card, and all that? I mean, I thought that would end. That would, in a way, enable access uh, to the PDS. Uh, and expand the food security net in some way uh, also, uh, because uh, if you are not covered, if you are really poor, okay, you are on the verge of hunger, you, you can't access grain, and you are not covered under this uh, priority households or anti households, and some state governments have been sourcing grains for this subset of uh, the needy from OMSs, and the center has not been doing anything in that regard. So how, how are these households getting anything at all? How are they going to get anything at all then? Because clearly they are not the ones who are going to get from the open market, which I think is priced, will be priced about 35 rupees a kg, around 40 rupees, even if the traders are going to keep a very low margin. 40, I think, is what is the current ballpark for rice, right? And they have been getting it at 3 rupees, 5 rupees. So clearly the demand, where the demand is, the price is not, Something they can they can pay, right? So where does this come into the picture this this uh, this coverage under one nation, one ration card and all that uh, talk?
1: Okay, so actually this one Nation, one ration card is uh, trying to tackle a very different problem. and the problem that it is supposedly trying to tackle is that of migrants who may go from West Bengal to Tamil Nadu to work. And so what the central government wants to do is to facilitate uh, those people in buying their entitlements from Tamil Nadu. So even if I go to work for three months in Tamil Nadu from West Bengal, One Nation, One Ration is a system that's supposed to allow me to buy my PDS entitlements in Tamil Nadu. But that's a separate thing. What we are talking about right now is the fact that suppose your family and mine were on the priority household list when the NFSA was rolled out in 2016. Okay. Now what has happened since 2000, between 2016 and 2023 is maybe uh, a new baby was born in the family or somebody was married, a daughter in law has come into the family or a daughter has gone off has been married and joined another household. Now, if I've had a child or if I have a new daughter-in-law, they cannot be added onto my ration card, even though I am a priority household, because the National Food Security Act said, take the population of 2011, then you apply the coverage ratio of 50% in urban areas and 75% of the rural population, and you fix the numbers, okay? So the n- overall coverage in the country is fixed uh, in absolute numbers according to the 2011 census estimate. Got it? Now, since then, even if our is even if we were on the list, even if we have had children or included, you know, had a new daughter-in-law join the family, she cannot be added because the state government, which is issuing the cards on behalf of the center, does not have any space anymore unless they bear the burden. Right.
0: Right. So basically, you're saying that uh, you're saying that there is no question of, uh, according to the central government, there is no question of expanding for the food security net under the NFSA unless we do another census and we won't do another census for now.
1: Yeah, so actually the census, as you know, was due. And what we know that in 2021, there was a genuine reason for being unable to carry out, conduct the census. But we do have population projections from the Census of India office, right? The Registrar General of India's office has put out population projections. So if the union government wanted to do something, they could tell the states, look, your projected population in 2023 is so much and you apply your state-wise coverage ratios to that population and we are therefore now going to allow you to include so many more people. For instance, in Karnataka, it would mean that the state government can add 1.2 million more people to the existing 4.2 million beneficiaries
0: in the state. So did that happen under this uh, Anna Baghiya scheme at all?
1: So, uh, I think the way that they had promised it was that they would give to existing beneficiaries more grain.
0: So, is there, okay, let's let's go with that for a second. So, is there a case, I mean, is, is, is the existing entitlement so inadequate that is it possible to make a case that they need additional uh, quantity of food grain for their own consumption?
1: I feel that you have to prioritize, right? And so surely the ones, you're right, that the ones who already have access to 5 kg per person per month, they wouldn't be unhappy if they got another 5 kg, right? Because according to the last figures that we have from the National Sample Survey, per capita consumption per month is 10 kilos. But I would say that if there are people who have access to nothing at all, Versus giving 5 kg more to existing beneficiaries, I would go for the wrongly excluded people. You remember what happened during COVID and the lockdown. People were really desperate, even in urban areas, people were going hungry. So I think the priority is to do the expansion, which has left out lo- lots of people wrongfully.
0: Like if, if, if we take the example of the Karnataka uh, scenario, like wh- what would the government have to do, like tomorrow they decide to expand it to the the more needy, what would be the first thing that they would need to do for that to happen?
1: They would have to undertake an identification exercise of those people who meet the NFSA inclusion and exclusion criteria and then see how many of them don't have ration cards and then create a list and then slowly start including them.
0: Can they do that, or do they need to take permission from the central government for something like this?
1: so so it depends on who's bearing the cost, right? See, a lot of state governments have gone way beyond the central coverage ratio, like Chhattisgarh, for instance, or even Odisha, because they said that the coverage ratios that is coming to us from the central government will will not cut it, and so we will spend our own money. In the case of Odisha and Chhattisgarh, they produce and they sell to the FCI also. So they are able to do it uh, within their own resources. Tamil Nadu is another state that has always run a a universal PDS going beyond what coverage it would have got under the NFSA. For Tamil Nadu, there is a provision in the Food Security Act. uh, I mean, they they get these tied over rations, which helps them uh, to some extent. And then on top of that, they were using OMSS. So, if the state is willing to spend its own resources, then the union government should facilitate it. But what we are seeing in the Karnataka case is almost that the center is saying, we won't do it and we won't let you do it either.
0: Right. That's a very strange uh, situation uh, to be in. And it's
1: even more puzzling. It's even more puzzling, Sampad, because the food stock situation in the country is very, very comfortable see the government has said that we can't release it one is because uh, we you know they gave that flawed argument about omss to private rather than state government but the other thing is that we have they have said that we need to maintain buffer stock but actually the buffer stocks currently are in a very comfortable position the highest uh, see there are four benchmarks for uh, different parts of the year the highest stock requirement is for July, around 411 lakh metric tons, and in the past five years, we have always been above uh, 700 lakh metric tons. Loosely, I mean, I'm not giving you very precise numbers. So the food stock situation in the past has been, in the past five years, has been very comfortable. What the government wants to do with these massive stocks, because in fact, even during the COVID years, they've had a uh, storage crisis they didn't know where to put it now it is true that last year wheat procurement was lower than it has been but this year again it's bounced back a fair bit
0: right so the two main uh, so so the two main reasons which the fci and the government have given for stopping omss uh one is this curbing inflation which i am not able to wrap my head around it and yeah, and secondly the buffer stock you clearly said that that's not at all the case uh, there is a comfortable buffer so that, let's go to the third point which some opposition parties have raised which is uh, the diversion of food grains for ethanol uh, production like what are your what is your take on this is that like a significant uh, uh, number or it's it's not that a critical a factor is is, there, is a lot of food grains going for ethanol when Actually, we should be prioritizing hunger.
1: Right. So uh, it is quite puzzling, the ethanol story, because one, of course, is this unwillingness to expand the PDS when there is a clear need for it. And then two, diverting some of that grain, uh, rice especially, uh, is, and maize has been used. Uh, for ethanol, I do find it a bit puzzling. But having said that, the quantity that goes for ethanol is like really small. It's minuscule. It's 1% or 2% of the total food stocks. But what's even more puzzling is that I think uh, that the price at which it is sold for ethanol is lower than the OMFS prices.
0: Right. I think, yeah, I think the price, as you said, the price at which it is sold for ethanol is number one, lower than for OMSS. And number two, I think the the comparative figures, I mean, percentage terms, it looks very insignificant, 2% or something. But I think you had mentioned earlier uh, that for ethanol, it's about approximately, I don't know, some source, uh, some data source says, 10 lakh metric tons, whereas under OMSs, state governments are getting between 10 and 25 lakh metric tons. So even though it might seem insignificant in the context of overall food stock of 400, 500 lakh metric tons, between these two categories, which is what we're talking about, OMSs and uh, ethanol, it's 10 lakh on the one side and uh, 10 to 25 lakh metric tons on the other. So I don't know if we can really uh, dismiss it as a non-factor. I don't know. What are your thoughts on that?
1: So actually, the reason why I'm reluctant to comment on this is because while I do have from an annual report of the food ministry, some numbers of the OMSS, which is around 25 lakh metric tons of rice, uh, it's not clear whether that includes the uh, ethanol sales or not, uh, because those are not reported separately in the same uh, report. But you're right that, uh, I think the figure that I have seen is about 10 lakh metric tons uh, in one of these past three or four years is the highest it had reached for ethanol sales. And this OMSS, uh, seems to be around 25 lakh, the highest it has reached. So, uh, in comparison to that, it's not insignificant, but as a proportion of the whole stock, uh, it's quite, uh, small.
0: Right. Uh, One final question, Dithika, before we wrap up uh, this episode. So now that the OMSs is not there, I mean, states like Tamil Nadu have been drawing on on this particular source for procuring uh, food grains for their universal PDS. Karnataka had made this election promise, uh, assuming that this would be available. Now it's gone. So what are the alternatives for state governments who want to either expand the food security net or uh, or continue like Tamil Nadu does or uh, give more uh, to more of entitlement like Karnataka does? What are the alternative avenues from which they can source uh, these grains at a at a rate that they can afford, you know, in terms of the sources?
1: Yeah. So first thing is that I think the states should uh, petition the uh, union government and Ask them to make this grain available, especially since the food stock position is so comfortable. I don't think I think that negotiation should not be closed. Number one, uh, but I do want to say that this Anna Bhagya promise that the Karnataka Congress made before the election, and we didn't really comment on it at the time because we didn't know who was going to win, etc. But it is a kind of sad promise. Uh, to make as far as food security it shows kind of like a limited vision about uh, for food security right especially for a state that's sitting next to tamil nadu andhra where people in the pds get edible oil and dal uh, from the pds and you know in, in according to the calculations that they have made they, this annabhagya would have cost them about 10000 crores And actually, for food security and nutrition security, there are much better options available to uh, Karnataka. Even if they give two kilos of free dal every month and one kilo of free oil, they still have money left over to expand the PDS to these 1.2 million people who are not included uh, and should be included as per updated population figures. They can combine it with things like ragi. So, you know, the farmers in Odisha and Chhattisgarh have benefited tremendously from the procurement operations that are conducted by the state government on behalf of FCI. And what is very interesting in these two states is that the farmers who participate in the MSP and procurement are small and marginal farmers also, unlike Punjab and Haryana, where it's really dominated by the large and medium uh, farmers. So, if Karnataka was to put in place a system to procure ragi and maybe even jwar grows in northern Karnataka. Uh, then they could mix up the grains uh, that are provided through the PDS and simultaneously support their own farmers through MSP operations. So I would say they should start exploring these other options like dal and oil. But also continue their negotiations with the central government with the union government to give the grain while there are adequate stock. Uh, start thinking seriously and long term about the inclusion of millet uh, in their uh, public distribution system. And of course, there are I think cash transfers also would uh, make much more sense if they were targeted to pregnant and lactating women as you know the national food security act has a provision of 6000 rupees for uh, pregnant women for every pregnancy but when the scheme was formed and uh, was formulated in 2017 uh, it was reduced to 5000 rupees and restricted to the first child and so they the state would uh, actually start uh, you know thinking about making it universal not restricting it to the first child and giving the 6,000 rupees. In fact, Tamil Nadu uh, has a similar scheme, the Dr. Muthulakshmi Lakshmi Reddy scheme.
0: Right, those are all excellent uh, suggestions, I think I'm sorry to cut you short, we're running out of time. Yeah, I think those are really excellent suggestions, especially to look beyond uh, rice, at dal, oil, and ragi, and add millets. And there are other options, even if the negotiations with the center, which is very important, as you said. And uh, even if they don't make progress, I think, the procurement and giving these, looking at the other options which they can still get under PDS and distribute and benefit farmers at the same time. I think there is a need for a little more imagination, as you said, from the various opposition governments. I mean, while it's okay to make a political point about being denied access under OMSS, it's also not a bad idea to explore other avenues that are available. Thank you so much, Ritika, for joining us. And for unpacking this really complicated uh, subject, thank you so much. Let's talking to you. Thanks. Bye. In Focus will be back soon with analysis of the biggest news issues. In the meantime, you can find our podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, and other platforms. Just search for In Focus by The Hindu. We'll see you soon.